You are listening to the audacity with Warren and Jamie. Grenades afterwards. I don't know. You might be like, oh, you're fine. Because <laughs> by day five. Is that people eat chicken? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You ever seen people eat that Popeye's chicken sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was talking to a nigga today. He was like, that's the chicken sandwich. Ain't even all that. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, it was hella dry. I said, you had the original? He said, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, don't nobody ever order original. But, but, but the chicken was, what is he talking about? He said, it was so dry. I said, the spicy the best at Popeye's, period. I get spicy every day. Spicy tenders, spicy legs, spicy bread. <laughs> spicy bread. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I want. He was like, I got the original. I said, you fake for that. <laughs> I said, and I can tell you from Philly, because y'all always eating that bland stuff. Y'all don't know about uh, real spice. I'm like, Popeye's chicken has never been dry at all. It's so good. I said, he said, I said, I said, you must have went to a Popeyes in Philly. He said, yeah. I said, that probably is disgusting. Oh, to be honest, though. Ugh. I can't imagine eating Popeyes chicken in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia? No. Because, I mean, think about it. Louisiana. Philly. Philadelphia. <laughs> don't make no sense. The chickens don't even grow the same down there. Oh, my I don't God. Want to. Think about all the, the season that just, just fell off the chicken. That's <laughs> <laughs> just being transported up there. Because no you know sense. they're not making that shit up there. No. You can't keep it that spicy for that long. It's impossible. <laughs> It's, it's got a shelf life. It just started dying. <laughs> that is hilarious. It gets less spicy. Where is this being shipped from? I need to know before I'm going. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, hello. 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 Hello, to everybody. Hey guys. Oh, um, we're on. <laughs> you shouldn't have said that about Popeyes. You're such a mean person. <laughs> um, we'll edit it. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is the Audacity Podcast. Yes, we're rolling. Um. Hey guys, what's going on? What's going on? Hello. How are you? Okay, let me, look, y'all know how we like to do first before I talk about me. Okay. Let's, let's do some love and gratitude. It's a good idea, man. Yeah. You know, switch it up a little bit. You guys, we love you. We're grateful. Thank you for the support. We couldn't do it without you. You guys could have been anywhere. You could have been literally anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. You could have been looking up uh, cheap flights to Qatar. 78 bucks. Guilty. Yeah, uh, you could have been figuring out, you know, what's the quickest way to turn the sound off on your phone? There's a switch on the side. That's the quickest way. Yeah. Luckily, you didn't look it up. You're here, and we appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Audacity Podcast. 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 <laughs> man, uh, what have I been up to? What's going on, man? So what's, I told y'all last what's time. What's popping, B? I told y'all last time I went on a cabin trip. Yeah, that shit was lit. Um, since then, I have not been on another cabin trip. I have been in my house chilling, uh, making sure that, you know, we together. Um, yeah, I haven't been doing much. I'm really, really excited for this game that's coming out tomorrow. I love video games, for oh. those of you who don't know. Oh, I didn't know you were yeah, a video game. I'm a gamer. Oh, really? Yeah. And, you ever play uh, Brawlhalla? So, what happened was, um, this game tomorrow that comes out. Uh, <laughs> I'm like a gamer. Poser. Oh, right? okay, got like, you. I, okay. I like very specific niche gamers mm-hmm. games, and then people be like, "Yo, you play this? You you want to play this?" They do that heat check. They're yeah. like, "Oh, okay, you play games, huh?" You know, how, you know, I'm not a real gamer. People be like, "What's your online tag?" I'd be like, oh, "I don't have no online." <laughs> I'm a solo player. I play for me by me. You playing the campaign only by myself. Gotcha. I don't okay. really need to interact with nobody else. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the been the highlight of my week. It's this week's kind of going by fast. What's today? Thursday. Mm. Yeah, I ain't, man, I thought it was Monday. I'm, I'm still in the past. And that's living in a panorama. Maybe I'm in the future. You might be. Might be, I don't know. It's the Matrix. 
<laughs> what have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? Um, went to acting class this week. Um, that was cool. Um, yeah, not much, man. I mean, doing it. Lit. You know? I went to acting class. I also went to your acting class. You did. Plot twist. They weren't expecting that. Yo, so Jamie invited me to this improv class to audit the class. Good luck, bro. And so in my mind, audit me, watch, like, you know, just preview it. Mm-hmm. And then when I got in the car, he was, like, telling me to break down how it goes. I was like, oh, that sounds so cool. I can't wait to watch. He said, oh, spoiler alert, you're participating. Yeah. I said, I was not prepared to um, do that. Yeah. And it was one of the most amazing experiences I've had. You did a great job, bro. In this Panasonic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you know, I think you mentioned um, off camera that uh, the instructor had complimented you on one of your improv choices. Yes. Um, so, yeah, man, you did great. I was shocked and grateful. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been lit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys. Yep. We're coming up on March. Is that now? Yes. We're, February, she's done. She's off. She's, she's out of here. Thank you, Black History Month. We love you. Um, and in preparation for Women's History Month, because Wait. March is Women's History Month, shout out to all the women. All of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the women, except for Karen. We brought a woman here today. We're not shouting you out, Karen. You are excluded from this. What about black Karens? How do we feel about black Karens? Do we also acknowledge excluded. them? Also excluded. Really? Okay. Yeah, right. I'm not here for anything anti-black. You're out of here. But, I mean, they didn't really have any kind of decision on them being named Karen. Oh, so they're not a Karen. Their name is just Karen. Yeah, they're not okay. a Karen. They're just gotcha. Karen. You're still invited unless I find out you're acting like a kid. <laughs> right, um, but yeah, in preparation for Women's Month, okay, we have a very special guest. We do. The Nadia Nuche. We have the Nadia. People always ask us, like, you know, oh, I love your pictures. Yeah. Who does your pictures? Yeah. This is the person. Spoiler alert, it's hi. her. Um, hi. Hello. <laughs> Nadia, so tell the people a little about yourself. What do you do? Where are you from? We're live. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, my name is Nadia Anachi Benanucci. People uh, say that all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how I was laughing. I was like, oh. is, is it from um, Ghana? It is. Oh, okay. Mm. I've explained it. I don't know much about Ghana. Must have ran I'm a background a, check on me. Or <laughs> I got my 32% uh, ancestry came back, you know, mm-hmm. sub Saharan African. Go ahead. Oh, okay. What, what, part of, what part of that? Oh, it's not about me. It's oh, about okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I'm a um, commercial product photographer based in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm actually from Atlanta. The city of Atlanta. Mm, it's rare. Oh, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. We're like the last, last few here. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just happy to be here um, supporting my friend's podcast. Gratitude, gratitude. She is the magic behind the lens, guys. She is phenomenal. Check her page out. Where, where, what's your uh, your photo page? Uh, NadiaAnachi.com. Go, go look at it right now. Yeah. Yes, or maybe after the episode. That'd, that'd be preferable. Well, you can do both. You can do <laughs> two things at one time. Yeah, like, because you have permission. She's amazing. Yeah. Book her. Absolutely. There's even like you even have a YouTube page also where you kind of go through some of the uh, ins and outs of your retail photography and kind of you know you putting together like you know the certain you know different pieces, right? Yes, my YouTube is fairly new. I'm still figuring out um, how I want to, I guess, uh, showcase my personality on there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want it to be like a talk show, like, "Hey guys, I'm here," (laughs) because I just that's just not me. But um, as of now, I have about three three videos on there just kind of showcasing the behind the scenes a little bit just so you know like the process of what I do. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you ever find yourself having to describe like a lot? Because people, when people think, you know, retail photography, they're like, oh, okay, there's a product, you take a picture of it. It's not like mm-hmm. a thing. Um, how often do you find yourself like having to 
kind of... Oh, I get insulted all the time. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> By thinking that uh, people think, oh, you just just take a photo, you know? And mm. I'm just like, oh, well, I'll, get, I'll hand you my camera so you can, <laughs> right, so you can take, take a photo. photo. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's a lot more that goes into this. I'm like, yeah, it's years of expertise, yeah. you know? Um, so did you just kind of pick up the camera, you know, one day or, you know, did you study in a school or something like that? I went to a program that was funded by the city called Art at Work. It was my first job. I was like 14 years old. It was a six-week program. I did it three years in a row. And during those six weeks during the summer, we learned how to upholster chairs. We learned how to weld, photography. Um, we learned painting, uh, making mosaic furniture pieces. It was really fun. Yeah, and so I just, that's when I discovered photography. Oh, you need Nadia in the apocalypse. You know, <laughs> Legit. When I heard weld, I said she's going to build new structures for us, <laughs> her furniture. We need that. You know, folks don't weld like that. They no. don't weld. That is amazing. Ooh, that's incredible. That's what actually started me on furniture design okay. before I did um, photography. So I used to build furniture and, and stuff like that. Because oh, okay. you went to SCAD for that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. For industrial design and furniture design. Oh, okay. The talent. Mm-hmm. The talent. <laughs> And then when did you, like, transition over into pro photography? When did you, like, fall in love with that? Um, Actually, I always loved photography, Mm. but for some reason I convinced myself that I couldn't make money um, Mm. doing it. So I was like, okay, I'll study industrial design because with that title alone, I'll be able to get more jobs. Right, right, right. Um, And then I want to say in the middle of that, I decided to minor in furniture design because that's also what I wanted to do. But with industrial, under that umbrella, furniture design falls under that. Mm-hmm. So I just made a uh, minor. And um, then I realized, oh, I don't want any of these jobs <laughs> that, are out, that are out there. No, thank you. <laughs> Change your line. Job? Yeah. <laughs> Damn job? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want, I'm choking. <laughs> I didn't want any of the um, corporate um, jobs because mm-hmm. within industrial design, you're like, on a team. And so like, oh, I have water, okay. thank you. I just, I'm not saving myself. <laughs> um, one instance, one example, from one of my classes, we had to redesign like a computer mouse. Mm-hmm. And my professor was like, if you want to get really good at that, draw 300 versions of this and show me, uh, show me all 300 in two days. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna master this. <laughs> so I did all 300. And I showed him. I he did was, all 300. <laughs> I did all 300. I did. 48 hours later. <laughs> did all 300 and um, came back. We did, he, we displayed it. Uh, apparently, I was the only nutcase in the class that decided to do this. Um, everyone was like, oh, you actually did it? He put them all up, showcased, and he was like, oh, these are great. I do 300 more. And I was like, ah, this no, is not for me. Anybody else in here do this <laughs> But that was the whole process of industrial design. It's like, you, you're always like mastering mm, what gotcha, you've already gotcha, created. Gotcha. And I was like, I just want to solve the problem. I don't mm. want to keep doing this. So. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, do you find that, like, I guess, how much of your industrial um, uh, design work did you, do you find in your re- uh, product photography? Um, it's probably 50-50. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I love set design, so I'm always kind of creating different sets and, and scenes for my photography and then building them out. Um, to like little to create little elaborate visual pieces. So okay. it never left me. I just didn't want to do it full time. Right, 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 right. <laughs> no, that's dope. It's real. Okay, guys. Mm-hmm. Since it's Women Month, in honor of the month of women, women get a month, huh? It. Oh. <laughs> that's what's up. I'm not saying they don't deserve it. You know, I'm just saying after observing how you know uh, society is towards women, because you know we all know how it Facts. is. Mm. I, was, um, I was ready to take offense to that. 
<laughs> like she don't listen to the podcast. Uh, in honor of Women's Month, uh, we're going to do a segment called Women That Inspire Us. Just kind of to honor the women that have played like any kind of influential role in your life, like made any impact, inspired you. So uh, I'll kick it off. And this is a recent inspiration, y'all. I didn't even really pay much attention to this amazing woman. I met her recently. Uh, my woman of the month, my inspiration is Lori Harvey. Um, because I just, sis, if you ever had a TED Talk, I know, I, and one of the reasons I really respect her is because she's quiet. She don't, she's like, I'm not explaining myself. I'm not sharing my trade I've never heard her voice, ever. I don't, I, to, no idea what she talk, like. I don't know what she sounds like. <laughs> I just know what she looked like and her track record. And let me tell you something. It's amazing. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Sis, write a book. You know, do a spinoff from from Steve's book. You know, what women should really be doing to bag these niggas and then leave them. That's what I want. That's what, you know, Lori Harvey, you inspire me. I, I too, want to be a bad bitch. That's it. That's all I want. So, um, with this inspiration, what do you, you know, what do you find yourself doing with, you know, Lori Harvey in the back of your mind? Yeah, fuck these niggas. That's what I'd be like. Okay. I'd be like, all right. you, you see these niggas, you give with these niggas, you leave these niggas until you get to the nigga you really want to be with. Amen. All right. <laughs> Yes, yes. Thank you, Lori. That's my woman of the month. Okay. Who's All next? Right. Uh, Nadia? Well, I would like to be a little bit more wholesome <laughs> <laughs> with my answer. No. Um, I would just have to say my mom. And I know that's pretty cliche to say, but like anytime I, I think of that, she's always the first person that pops into my mind. Um, and, you know, just growing up, she's a single mother. And just seeing all the stuff she went through um, to get to where she is now, like she finished college when we were in high school. Um, you know, just, just seeing that she still has dreams, going after them, whether it be um, creating a business or figuring out how she wants to help the family grow. It's just nonstop. And whenever I think about all the stuff that she had to do for three kids, I was just like, how? Where did you get the energy for all of this? Because I, I could never. Yeah. Um, but yes, I would definitely say my mom. That's what's on top. Shout out to all the moms. All of them. Real talk. Oof. Yeah. Ain't no way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of, I'm actually, um, uh, I'm going to get two. Okay. Just because, because, you know, Look, it's our podcast. We love a twofer. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to kind of copy the sentiment and uh, also say my mom is one of the people that inspired me. Um, my mom came to America as a German Im immigrant. Mm -hmm. So, um, kind of just, you know, knowing, you know, her realities as far as, you know, trying to, you know, find your own identity, you mm -hmm. know, um, in, in a world where, you know. Not a lot of family. She was, mm -hmm. you know, adopted into a right, family. Right, right. So, um, kind of, you know, having that uh, perspective of, like, hey, man, you can like do X, Y, and Z because I mean, my mom, she had also, she was one of the um, main members of the family that was kind of growing our business mm -hmm. uh, as I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and then even like making like you know just different choices and sacrifices, kind of like you had mentioned, mm -hmm. um, you know, throughout her life, uh, it's kind of hard not to go a little bit hard when you know right. what the people around you are doing and right. what they're doing for you. Right. You know what I mean? um, second woman, I, um, you know, some of you may know her. Uh, oh, Jay, yes. Jay Rochelle. Yes. Um, the icon. The icon. Okay. We actually got a couple of her pictures up in here. Mm -hmm. um, Who is posted, She's a photographer. She's actually right there. Ah. Um, she's a photographer friend of ours. Um, she's uh, out in Seattle, but she, just to say she's a photographer, you know, doesn't really do her justice. Mm -hmm. Just a uh, creative storyteller, um, survivor, uh, uh, designer, um, mm -hmm. all the things, poet. 
um, you know, you know, and you know, she's a, she had spoke at Harvard for a couple of uh, different mm-hmm. events, you know, and just seeing what you know, but she, you know, she went to college with us, oh, okay. and she's from Macon, so okay. um, you know, about like an hour and a half north of Albany, Georgia, where mm-hmm. I went to high school. So kind of you know having you know that kind of also um, uh, beacon of you know inspiration and creative light mm-hmm. you know um, you know inspires me. So that's lit. Thank you. I also feel like now I should say my mom because everybody that said that mama, you know, and you know, I'm like, damn, hey, hey, mama, you an inspiration. Okay, That's what's up. Yes. <laughs> um, what's next? So next is you know, you know what's next. You know they know what's next. What's next? Uh, real news. Y'all know this is my favorite segment. Real mother news. And um, this particular segment. I just got some news today. It's just, it made my fucking week, y'all. Okay. Um, so Nickelodeon has announced that they will be creating a division called Avatar Studios, dedicated to Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes, y'all. Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, for those of you who have followed, been following that cartoon since, like, the beginning, and those of you who are more recent fans, because they recently put it on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, Avatar The Last Airbender, and then Korra, the sequel, um, I'm super excited. Everyone knows that the movie that they came out with, the M. Night Shamadam, oh, did. Yeah, wasn't that good? Fuck. If I ever see him, I swear to God, it's not many people when I on site that I really mean that on site M. Night Shamadam. You don't work with M. Night? I'll beat your motherfucking ass. <laughs> you, like, took an integral part of my childhood and you ruined it. Yes. You fucking ruined it. And then, you, and then he, in an interview I saw him doing, he was like, oh, but I'm a fan of the show. No, I can't tell. Mm. So, yeah, y'all, they will be creating a whole division um, dedicated to movies, new, new stories, um, all dedicated to the Avatar universe. I'm hyped. I can't wait to see what comes out next. Oh, wow, really? Yes. I'm, uh, I mean, of course you are, but I mean, um, I, I, I have watched a little bit of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was, an, it was good while I was, you know, while I was watching it, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't be right, 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 doing right. the same thing you know, for <laughs> too long. Um, but, uh, do you watch the yeah. Avatar ever? What are your thoughts about the new movie coming out? I'm excited because, like you said, the the first one was trash. I was I was deeply disappointed. Trash. No one was Asian except for the actual like <laughs> like the Indians. But yes. I'm just like, we're the Asian people. Just, no. Make sure you guys get some Asian people in that movie. Yes, yeah. diversity matters. Yeah. Um. Oh, sorry. Uh, my bad, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, also coming out in the yes. news. Uh, I'm sorry, not in the news, but in in real news. Um, coming to America Two's next week. I can't wait. Finally. Bro, I feel like it's I, since I've heard that it was happening. I feel like it's been ages. It's been a long time. I'm gonna be real. I don't know what to feel about. You're nervous. The com- I don't, I don't I even am. know. I'm I'm, a- I'm, I'm anxious, but I don't want to be too because you know if it's bad, then it was like, oh, you was looking forward for this, you know. Then that's the whole letdown. Right, 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 right. I, I think everybody's just on edge. You right. Know what I'm saying. Right. This is this is coming to America too. Too. I just don't want it to be cheesy because sometimes like when they try to recreate. It's really cheesy, and yes. I'm just like, I'm gonna be so heartbroken. Yes, I'm hoping it gives me like Best Man Holiday because just like you know, uh, Come to America, I think it came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, the Best Man, the original, I think came out around the same year, 98 or 99. Wait, hold on, you're saying Coming to America came out in 99? When did Come to America come out? It was 89. 89. 89. Eight, like 86, 89? I would say 80. I think I was one when it came out. I think it is 89. Go ahead and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, you know, when movies come out, like, um, The Best Man came out in 99, then. It took them forever to do a sequel. And mm-hmm. when they did, like, Best Man Holiday, y'all, it was amazing, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And so I really am wishing all the success for Coming to America too. It's funny, Arsenio Hall was recently doing an interview. He said him and Eddie were out at a coffee shop. 
and they were getting their coffee, and the barista was like, hey, man, don't fuck up my mood. <laughs> and they were like, damn, we just took you $100. Come on, man. <laughs> he, was like, he, was like, he was like, we got you. It's going to be good. So, like, I saw the trailer. It looks amazing. It looks great. Yeah. It, uh, great. It looks it's like it's got some things in it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about great. Because the trailer is one of the things that kind of makes me nervous. Gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. There's a lot of people in it. Yes, um, that is true. There's a lot of different personalities mm-hmm. in it. There's a lot of, you know, characters in mm-hmm. it. Uh, characters as far as not just, you know, people saying, hey, you know, Marley King this, you know, whatever. But it's more like, um, you know, strong personality and strong mm-hmm. characters that um, I don't think anybody's going to upstage Arsenio and, you know, Eddie Murphy. Right, but, right, right, right. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm on edge. I'm going to be real. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, we'll be we'll be staying tuned. Uh, it's coming out next Friday. We're super excited. We want to hear all your thoughts, so let us know. DM us, hit us up, mm-hmm. tell us what you thought about the movie. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Also coming out of real news, uh, the same day is coming to America too. Raya the Last Dragon. Mm. Uh, it's a new Disney movie. Is that um, a Bruce Leroy kind of situation or slick? While you playing, did you see the trailer for Raya the Last Dragon? No. Okay, so yes, actually, it's oh. from the same people that made Moana. You know, Moana was a huge hit. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. It's from the same producers. It's about a girl who lives in a world that's kind of fractured. There are like four different divisions, mm-hmm. and she's part of a society that tries to keep the peace. Um, but some shit goes wrong, and she ends up having to find the last dragon mm-hmm. in this like uh, society. Um, the dragon's played by Aquafina, which I think is hilarious. I yes. love Aquafina. <laughs> she's so funny. The water bottle? Aquafina, the actress. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, the actress. <laughs> got you. Aquafina, the actress. Got you, got you. Got you. Um, and it, the trailer looked really good. It looks really funny. Uh, it's kind of like a standard, like, you know, heroes trying to save the day and trying to keep the peace in a society. Um, and I love Moana. I love strong female character leads. And I think it's a great movie to come out with during Women's Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously. Yes. Um, Another movie come out, I just, I just saw in the... Uh, in the little details over here. By the way, Coming to America 1 came out in 1988. 88. Oh, you're born. Hey! You didn't know. I know, but I'm excited. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let it uh, live. So, <laughs> you know, we, we talked about Marvel. This wasn't on the list. Okay. So we talked about Marvel. Yes. Um, you know, a good bit because, you know, they mm-hmm. do all the things. Um, uh, Black Panther was about two years ago. Yes. Yeah, but, yes. But, yes. Black Panther came out about two years ago, um, two years and two weeks now, right? Um, but uh, we all know somebody was missing from all those Marvel movies that came out. Um, Wesley Snipes, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blade character wasn't in any of the Marvel movies, he even though he's in that universe in the in the comics. Um, so um, Wesley Snipes is making his own Blade Killer movie uh, instead. So, Are you serious? Really? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Not the movie, but the... Uh, this the is interesting, guys, because, you know, Mahershala is playing the new Blade in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He is. And Wesley that. has decided, in protest, maybe, to come out with his own Blade? Maybe? I mean... I'm not gonna lie. I'm here for the mess. I can't <laughs> wait to see who's is better. I can't wait to see who's is better. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't know. I feel like they should have brought Wesley back, because, I mean, he's the original. Like, why yes. would you not... Bring him in and then have him like grandfather someone else and like Mahershala is not like you know like Robin mm-hmm. Robin Hood it's like you, you know, not Robin Hood but Robin Disney yeah. has a very strict morality clause and when Wesley went to jail mm-hmm. they might have been like bye nigga mm-hmm. like we ain't dealing with that you know Disney quick to get rid of a nigga well, he was also kind of um, he he also had some uh, arguments with uh, Ryan Reynolds um, mm-hmm. on the set of uh, Blade Three oh. so he had like you know so 
but people were saying, you know, he was kind of. Somebody said that Wesley Snipes had threatened to choke Ryan Reynolds at a certain thing. It was like a whole like little thing. I would pay money to see that. Um, but Wesley Snipes was like, "Look, I'm a dark skinned black man in America. If I would have threatened to choke Ryan man. Reynolds, it would have been a whole nother situation. I'd have so. been in jail and not for taxes. Okay. Exactly, exactly. Like, um, so, uh, but that's yeah, interesting. Which part? I just that he's doing his own. Oh yeah, Blake Hiller. Okay, well you know what. I'm gonna say I'm Team Wesley only because it's the original Mahershala. I love, I love you, but I ain't, sure. seen, I ain't seen you do Blade. That's gonna be interesting though. The Mahershala. I'm, I'm curious to see his actor choices. Mm-hmm. I hope they come out the same day. <laughs> <laughs> I just want it to be messy as fuck. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. After you. Oh, okay. Also, real news: something that's new that's coming out. One of Jamie's favorite actors. Oh. Is getting his own Netflix series. Kendrick Lamar got a series. Hell yeah. yeah. He acts. One of his favorite actors. Yeah, he be acting like he don't need to drop another yeah. album. That's what, he, that's what he be acting like. Kendrick! Come on now. now we love you. Um, and we Ken, can hate you easily. Kendrick also is an actor. FYI, he was in, in a couple episodes of Power as a uh, uh, like a, an informant. Mm. Mm-hmm. Never, seen, never seen Power. Never, no. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> but I know he was in it. I saw those scenes with Kendrick was yeah. in. <laughs> that's what you got a real fan, y'all. That's a real fan. But uh, um, somebody else yes, has a show. One of your favorite actors, Jamie Foxx, is getting his own Netflix series. He's going to be playing like a dad. Oh. Um, I'm excited because I love the Jamie Foxx show. You should be so excited. And Man, I'm so excited to see him like return to like you know the TV screen. And I know you can't wait to watch it and like give your feedback about it. I can't wait for that. <laughs> I can't wait for that. You know, so here's the thing. I don't. It's not that... I, I'm. I think the show is gonna be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so. This is a whole thing. Some people don't get the thing. Like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, um, they got the same name. Cool. Uh, no, <laughs> um, I have my own reservations when it comes to seeing some of Jamie's the other Jamie's uh, some of his work um, uh, from an acting perspective. Super, you know, super talented guy. Yeah. I just hold my own reservations uh, about it. So if y'all saw the last episode, I told Jamie he should get a publicist, and obviously he's gotten one. It's <laughs> cleaned up. This cleaned up. Go back and listen to some other podcast episodes because this was not it. Um, I mean, the thing is, this sitcom. Uh-huh. It's a sitcom, right? Yes. That's his bag. It is. So this is outside of the realm of yes. mediocrity that yeah. some people talk about. Mediocrity. I can't wait. I mean, um, yeah. We're hype about it. You're hilarious. <laughs> it's going to be a great show. Yes. To talk about. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, and kind of, you know, um, relating also to the Mahershala uh, Wesley conversation, mm-hmm. um, creative conflicts is our mm-hmm. next thing. Yes. Um, I had mentioned on um, the last episode a little bit of set drama that mm-hmm. you know occurred. Not too much, right? Um, but just, you know, sometimes you can... You know, as a creative yourself, right? As a creative yourself and ourselves, um, you know, sometimes we work with other creatives because you know we bump, you know, we inspire each other, all the things. Um, do you ever uh, have you ever had any kind of conflicts with other creatives that you're working with? Uh, not really, not nothing like heated or anything, but like most of the times, creatives don't really stick to like a set schedule or mm. or can be that organized. I've learned to be very methodical in how I get things done. So when I come across like, I guess a free spirit creative, I'm just like, this is not gonna work. I'm going to go insane. <laughs> so I weed myself away from uh, from those situations. Luckily, you know, yeah. so far. 
I, I imagine also that as a photographer being like, you know, um, it's more of like a solo kind of thing. It's not mm-hmm. usually two or three photographers on, on one mm-hmm. product, right? Yes, typically one photographer, you may get like a creative director, a set stylist, a wardrobe stylist, someone to um, keep, what are they, uh, like a set a coordinator. So everyone has to be working all together, but if you get someone slacking or someone just not doing something, you have to kind of pick up the slack because mm. if you're the photographer, then it's on you to kind of mm. get the shot yeah, no yeah. matter what. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Because nobody really asks about like, hey, so who was, who was the set design person in this mm-hmm. shot? You know, it's always mm-hmm, the photographer mm-hmm. no matter what. And even like, you know, when we talk about creative conflicts, like sometimes even having conflicts with clients, like mm-hmm. about vision or like things that maybe weren't communicated as well or stuff like that, because I'm sure like stuff like that has happened. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of times. Yeah, and I definitely think like uh, the best way to do a conversation is like clear, precise communication. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I want. This is what I need. Um, especially early, like address mm-hmm. it as soon as you can. Because typically, I feel like what happens with like creatives, with people in general, is like you are in a situation where some shit is not going well, but you're not addressing it. And so then it just kind of like builds because mm-hmm. people don't like always want to be confrontational. Right. And like you said, mm-hmm. a lot of creators, I feel like are free spirits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that may not be a comfortable vein for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, no, you need to address that shit immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately. I mean, uh, you know, thinking back to, you know, um, some of my experiences, mm-hmm. like the, it's, it, it kind of lives in the area of, um, you know, some uh, creators also, you know, everybody's kind of sensitive when it comes to, you know, our, our creative choices mm-hmm. and, you know, um, uh, our ideas, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, this is just you know, it's in my head until it's not, right? And now it's here, and now it's ours, and now right, you know, right. if you say a thing, now it's like, oh, I should have said that, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, and sometimes you know, creatives communicating with each other um, can be kind of, um, you know, if they're not on the same frequency or if they're not the same type of creative, mm-hmm. you know, like some creatives, you know, are you know, a good amount of creatives are you know introverts, just you know, mm-hmm. just like in the regular world, right? So, you know, if they're introverted and not really looking to, you know, bring up the conflict, like you said, mm-hmm. then it might be like, a, like you know, it will fester, but, you know, it still comes out because that energy in, it, in everything is still there. Right, 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 um, right. How do y'all deal with conflict? Uh, I try to stay away. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't deal. <laughs> I don't deal. <laughs> um, so I think I... I observe mm-hmm. um, and I try to sometimes look at to see that person's perspective to see, you know, you know, whether if it was like something towards me, then I'm like, okay, let me see, you know, was this intentional? If it wasn't intentional, it, there was still like an impact to it, mm-hmm. you know, it, is it something I need to address or is it something that, you know, is about, you know, me, even if, even if it is about me, you know, trusting myself and saying like, okay, you know what, I was affected this way by it, so I could either choose to say something and, you know, uh, or I could choose not to and be just know that that's how this person is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and whether work with them or not work with them or, mm-hmm. you know, just move forward from there. Right, 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 um, right. So basically just taking like an inventory of, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, the, si- the situation, mm-hmm. um, uh, how I feel about the situation and do I feel like it was resolved, you know, because um, sometimes, you know, we might address it like you had mentioned, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, not if we're not doing anything about it, you know, we just say like, hey guys, there's... Spilled milk on the floor. Right. And, and people, that was it. People just sliding through. Everybody mm-hmm. just sliding on spilled, spoiled milk. Now it's going to spread every goddamn where. And it yeah. stank. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And it stinks. That's my part. Like, stink. Why you stink? <laughs> why well, like it's important to deal with stuff immediately? I'm gonna give y'all some game for those of you who don't know how to deal with conflict, and this is free. You don't even have to buy my book. That's coming out. But you do um, have to buy a candle. Please do. Thank you so much for those of you who have. Um, it's called ESS. Empathize, summarize, solve. It is the best way to deal with conflict. You sit in it. You talk to the person that whoever you have conflict. You empathize with how they're feeling mm. first. Because it takes you kind of out of your feelings. It does. Okay. You you are now putting all the emphasis on like, how did, how did you feel? I really want to understand. I want to empathize with you. And when you empathize with others, they're more likely to empathize with you. Mm. Empathize and uh, summarize. This was my experience. Mm. This is what I saw that happen. Mm. I'm summarizing the issue. And then solve. What are we going to do about it? Yeah. Can we move forward? Do we, like you said, do we need to part ways? Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do to get over this hump and move the fuck on? Yeah. ESS. All right, y'all. That's great. Thank that you. is really good. I used, to, I used to counsel people. <laughs> they don't need counseling anymore? I don't know. Hell. <laughs> figure it out. Figure it out, y'all. Sure. I'm tired. Hell. Can't do everything. Oh, my God. We told y'all that last week. You can't do it all. Right. I'm in a panorama. I can't do it. Okay. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's dope. dope. Uh, Great, great um, tips, by the way. Thank you so much. Uh, those are some best practices for, you know, whenever you're having some creative conflicts. Yes. Um, with that being said, we're going to get into our uh, our guest segment. Yes. This is oh. all about you. I don't know if you know, but we're going to be talking about you. Oh, God, yes. no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we do have some questions. Some of them actually came from people um, that knew we were going to have uh, a woman who owns her own business, who is an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and um, they want to, you know, these are questions they want to know. So let me, right. let me get my list. Let me sit up straight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I know before you started your business, because we know each other outside of this, you were working in corporate America, mm-hmm. like a lot of people. All of us, you know, work um, in a space, because, um, you know, we got bills to pay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are in positions where, like, they don't necessarily want to be there. They're not passionate about it, mm-hmm. and they aren't necessarily in the best position or maybe like aware of how to move out of that. So my first question for you is, um, how has life balance changed since mm-hmm. leaving corporate America? Because a lot of people are like, I don't have time or I'm too busy. I'm too tired when I get off work. I can't mm-hmm. do this. Like, I, I wish I had more like, like work-life balance. If I was my own boss, I'd make my own schedule <laughs> and it'd be better. No, seriously, this is what people think. And so mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see what your experience has been mm-hmm. since being a business owner. What does that look like? Um, it's, it's definitely more freeing. Um, I do work more than I did when I had a corporate job, but mm-hmm. I mean, if it's something that you love to do, you're going to make time to do whatever. Um, it takes, it takes time to develop, uh, time management skills. Mm. Time management Tell that to is okay. important. <laughs> um, but you do, I did realize at the time I was like, oh, okay, I can make my own schedule. If I want to get up at a certain time every day, I can do that. If I want to, um, except calls on certain days, I can do that. You really do get to make your own schedule, um, but you do also have to find make time to spend with other people because mm-hmm. I could work all year and not see anyone because mm-hmm. that's just how my mind works. It's like sometimes if I'm working too much, I forget to eat. I'm like, okay, not yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You got to get it together. Mm-hmm. So it's freeing, but it's also a lot to, it's overwhelming because mm-hmm. you're in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. So so you yeah. would say you have to be intentional about the balance. Very intentional about gotcha, the balance. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's, that's dope. Um, so, I mean, so how long have you been your own entity? Uh, for about uh, a year now. Whoa! A year now. Congratulations! Happy anniversary! Yeah! <laughs> I'm one years old. <laughs> I'm one years old. Uh, so, I, I guess, what was the, like, the catalyst that kind of was like, you know, how did you kind of, you know, did you kind of be like, you know what, I don't need that. I'm going to go on. And you just get, get my shit. 
or did you, you know, what was the kind of the the what kind of put you in the, the space where you're like, you know what, I'm about to go do this myself. Mm. Well, I had been planning on like doing, you know, everybody dreams about their exit. <laughs> like, I'm out of here. Don't call me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't get to do that. Um, actually, I had planned to. So I got let I got let go. Like literally uh, around this time last year after the cap and trip. Bastards. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, good thing I went on vacation first, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had already planned on leaving the summer, mm-hmm. I guess, when COVID hit. So right. I got let go right before COVID. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, it was a sign because I was already going to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the catalyst. But I had been planning for a year or two before then just mm. to because I was ready to just leave you know especially being a creative in corporate America it's very very draining mm. very draining so when you because you were planning to make your exit mm-hmm. so you were going to were you immediately going to go into you know photography full-time did you mm-hmm. have like another plan like what was that well um I was al- I was always doing photography on the side mm-hmm. but I could just never figure out how to make money you know because most people are like oh you know keep making money in your side hustle until your side hustle pays all your bills mm-hmm. but you they don't tell you how to actually do Not that so mm-hmm. i went out and found um a mentor um her name is tamara darden mm. look her up on instagram um and she's a black woman that specialized in helping other black women learn how to make money in photography. And I was like, I had not seen this anywhere, yes. you know, cause it's, it's not many black people or especially black women in the photography industry anyway. And so when you see these seminars, it's like, Oh, pay a thousand dollars and learn all you need to know to make hundreds of thousands of dollars in your dream. And it's like, okay. Um, and so I worked with her like toward the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. 2018, 2019. No, end of 2019. So I, I got on with her like October 2019. Before you got laid off. Before I got laid off. Um, and I went through her entire like course. I learned the structure, foundation, everything I needed to know to rebrand my business mm. um, and just to restructure everything. So when January hit, I was prepared to start marketing myself as a product photographer. You know, mm. how to pitch to clients. I knew how to email people. Um, I, w- I couldn't mm. get... Um, jobs right away so I was like okay let me not be stagnant and procrastinate let me just do creative products on my own so mm-hmm. people know I'm here and mm-hmm. I, they know what I'm doing mm-hmm. and so based off of that initiative I then began to get jobs because wow. people were like oh you're a product photographer in Atlanta I need product photography and that's the work yeah and that's mm-hmm. how my career kind of took off and it really grew in COVID actually because mm-hmm. people were at home so they're like we need digital content mm-hmm. so right. it was actually the perfect time which yeah. is why I was like one of the things I'm, I'm hearing in that is, um, you know, you kind of taking yourself, it, it took a while for you to kind of take yourself seriously in, in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just as a photographer, but as a, a photography business, right. Mm-hmm. And that you're providing a service mm-hmm. and you kind of have to like go through the ins and outs and like all the little details that creatives, you know, usually don't want to kind of go through, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of creatives want to know how to, you know, not a lot of creatives because of that free-spirited kind of, you know, vibe or whatever, you know, um, they might not know how to, you know, have a business plan or pitch to clients mm-hmm. or, you know, figure out how to get clients, right. you know, figure out where their clients are, mm-hmm. who is their demographic, you know, all these little um, different questions that you ask yourself mm-hmm. uh, in that process, right? Oh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of work. I think Tamara in her process, she called it the the unsexy part of owning a business. Right, and that's right. like doing spreadsheets, you know, writing out email templates, making sure your customer service and all that is good. You know, you have to 
be 100% from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to do that work. And so whenever I come across other creatives that, you know, they just want that, like, oh, can I shadow you? Like, just show me what you do. And it's like, mm -hmm. I can show you, but you're not going to have the same success because you, you're not willing to do the other extra work that I'm mm -hmm. telling you about. Mm -hmm. So when I see other people that aren't really valuing the information I'm giving them, I'm like, okay, well, you're not ready. You know, because I was like, it's this or nothing. <laughs> you know, you have, you have to be that way, especially right, right, when right. you don't have a steady income coming in mm -hmm. like that. Right, 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 mm -hmm. right. So I hear drive, mm -hmm. intentionality, real commitment. Mm -hmm. You have to commit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, I know there are a lot of people listening that, you know, to want to like grow in whatever passions they have. But we all have reasons for why we don't necessarily step out there or do any things. So when you were working in corporate America, mm -hmm. and like you said, you were doing photography on the side, you knew that's was something you wanted to move towards. And I'm sure we all have reasons why we don't do things maybe as soon. Mm -hmm. um, what were some of those reasons? And after you did start your business, were any of those reasons valid? Oh, okay. So the major reason I did not, I guess, do what they all do on social media, like I'm leaving my job, <laughs> you know, and I'll figure it out. Like I'm a planner. Mm -hmm. I have to know what's going to happen after I leave my job, mm -hmm. you know, because I have savings, but it's like, okay, what about, what if my savings run out? Then what am I going to do? So mm -hmm. it's like that, that's something that always kept me from making that jump because I couldn't really visualize what the next step was. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have a lot of mentors and that's something that you should do find mentors in the things that you're interested in because they can always give you advice and my mentor for my furniture design um history he was like just get out there you know as soon as you get out there you get that hustle you know and you know you'll start working and i was like ah but i need a plan <laughs> i need i need generalized coaching session he was like you've been doing this for like just do it like you'll find clients get out there, hit the pavement, you know, and I was like, but I'm not a people person. Who do I talk to? And so you really have to figure out how to do it on your own. Um, and so like that first step was me finding Tamara, who's that mentor. And so she prepared me to the point to where I'm like, okay, whether I quit my job or I lose my job, I know what else I need to do after that mm -hmm. happens. And that is something that stopped me. And, you know, when you include the effort and the work that you put, that I put in to, you know, like create my own business, uh, create my own content so that business was coming to me, that's when I realized, oh, okay, now I see how clients come to you. And mm -hmm. because I already know how to talk to people, right. I'm prepared for that. So what is that saying when it says, um, when I, yeah, meets, meets opportunity, yes. that's luck. Yes. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's what I experienced, yes. you know, because if I hadn't have done that yeah. and I just started, you know, doing product photography willy-nilly and people were contacting me I wouldn't have known how much to charge them or what to do with this money and because of that, I was like okay I need to hire a lawyer I need to hire an accountant so you have to put all of that in place and because then I didn't know about that I'm like I can't just quit my job what am I gonna do right, you know right, right, so right, right. and I mean from from our experience you know um once the, uh your once we kind of got in your process mm -hmm. of you know starting the, the you know the retail photography um uh, about the candles that you guys should purchase. Um, it, it felt like a higher quality of yes. a, an experience. And yes. that kind of added to, um, you know, uh, you know, us think us thinking like, oh, man, like when other clients come to her, they, they probably are like, like, oh, yeah, thank you for having mm -hmm. this process mm -hmm. as opposed to us just having like, you know, a regular mm -hmm. email or, you know, regular conversation mm -hmm. or something. 
Um, and it makes people want to continue to use you. Exactly. Okay. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. professionalism, I think a lot of people take that for granted. Like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. customer service is key. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care how good you are. Don't nobody want to work with somebody that's unorganized, mm-hmm. flippant, rude, like your, your shit's not together. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, our shit not going to be together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I would lit. say the best advice I got to um, to compare to customer service, um, it may only apply to me because I'm in photography, but um, this woman, she's a photographer, she said that she approached her business the way that wedding photographers approach theirs. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you're a wedding photographer and... Most of the time, they work for their clients for an entire year. They mm-hmm. do the engagement photos. Mm-hmm. Um, they do, you know, first looks. So if you have a wedding in December, they're working with you from January. And so they have checkpoints throughout the different months. Like every three months, they may send you, like, um, a gift, you know, mm-hmm. like, or um, or a, a, an outline of, like, what you should do. Like, prepare for this, mm-hmm. you know. We're excited about this. It's like different uh, touch, touch, uh, touch bases that they do. And then, like, after that first year, they send you a gift. Like, oh, happy anniversary. It's like you kind of carry the, um, the customer or client all the way through to the next. Right, 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 right. And right. I was like, dang, I need to be doing that, you mm-hmm. know, to make them feel like, okay, I want to work with her. Make her memorable. Right, right. You know, it's, so. it's relationship building. It's key. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. I got another question. Uh, uh, this for all, you know, the people that might be trying to shoot their shot. Eh. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, um, So, you know, we hear a lot about, like, women that are, you know, you know, they make their own money. They own a business. They're out here, like, you know, building a brand and how sometimes it's hard to date, right? Do you find that since you've been an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, that it's been difficult to date? Is dating even something like a focus of yours while you're trying to build a brand? Like, what has that been like? Hmm. I would say yes and no as far mm-hmm. as focus. Um, but I, I don't know how serious I am about it because it's like I'm very focused in building my business right now. Mm-hmm. And like the, I'm finding that entering into my second year, I'm getting busier. Mm-hmm. And so I would if I were going to date, I would definitely need someone that's doing the same thing mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't feel like, oh, I'm busy. You know, and so when it comes to dating, it's like I whether I was doing this business or not, like I'm always motivated, dedicated to something. I'm always learning something, doing mm-hmm. something. So mm-hmm. if I'm with someone that is really just kind of content with just the everyday, like, oh, I go to work, I come home, watch TV, go to work, come home, watch, like, and there's nothing else, no new plan, mm-hmm. no drive, you know, to do something else. It's mm-hmm. like, I can't really relate mm-hmm. to that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the type of partner that you're looking for since becoming a business owner, has that changed? Uh, no, it's still the same. I mean, okay. like, you don't have to own your own business, but, like, since I'm someone that's constantly growing and constantly trying to learn something, um, that's interesting to me. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, because there's so much that we don't know. You mm-hmm. know, so many places I've never traveled, so it's like if you're not questioning anything, mm-hmm. what are you doing, right. you know? So. And I think that speaks to, like, you know, you kind of already having that same kind of mindset. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't really realize that they're in that entrepreneur, they have that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, even though they might be working at a, you know, nine to five mm-hmm. or eight to mm-hmm. four or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, so, you know, you already having that mindset, you already, you know, you still, you know, have the same um, internals, even though you're not, you know, doing the thing yet. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question, um, getting a little bit to the art a little bit. Uh, what was like, was there like a particular moment where you recognize your your area of genius, or genius. was it like a? I mean, <laughs> uh, like at, at a certain point, you're like, you know what? Yeah, like 
yeah, like, yeah, you think about, like, you know, taking pictures here and there, but mm-hmm. at a certain point, you decide, like, okay, I'm going to start a business. That's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. And then starting a business saying, like, yeah, it's going to be in retail photography, right? Mm. Um, so was there, like, a any, like, time span or, like, a particular shot that you did where you're like, oh, wow, that was a really dope shot by me. I'm the shit. Right. Oh, I was interpreting that question differently. Well, okay. I have two answers for that. Um, I would say the first time I noticed I my genius um, <laughs> was when in the art program I told you guys about earlier, um, I created, so we, we, we reposted some chairs and one of the mentors there, he helped me, I drew out this design and I was going to hand paint it, never paint anything in my life. But he's like, oh, I'll make a stencil for you. And so he made a stencil and I painted it and what it, the the shape was really um organic and basically it symbolized two people um kind of back to back you know not facing each other and then it's like their heads were a circle their bodies were like um, curvature lines mm. and then at the bottom they kind of um the legs kind of formed into like a really abstract heart and the whole piece was all about um relationship and connecting and coming back and i was like 14. i was like i didn't wow. I just, yeah i just wow. kind of came up with this and and... when i said area of genius she looked at me like i was crazy <laughs> she was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and i just it's just something that kind of came to me and i just really thought it was cool and then it wasn't until i saw the reaction of other people i was like oh this is not this is Right. That's cool. Okay, it is cool. Dope, isn't it? Right. <laughs> That's cool. That's dope. Yeah, That's and um, up. yeah, and I had to. We had to write a piece about it, and a lot of people bid on that. But I was like, my mom is taking this home. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what. Does she still have it? Yeah, still. Oh, okay. Yeah, still right. in the house. Your mom was in the back, like, don't y'all touch <laughs> that. Back, back. That's mine. Okay. Yeah. So that was the first time I realized that. Um, I guess I thought differently, or mm-hmm. I saw things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to the photography, I think that it wasn't until my mentor, um, he was like, have you ever printed out your work? And I was like, no, not really. I, mm. You know, digital. You know, I'm not an analog girl. I'm living in the digital world, you know? <laughs> and uh, he was like, you should print out your work. You got to see it. And so he surprised me one day. He came. Um, he told me he was going to do it, but I didn't know when. So he printed off some of my work and that was the first time I'd seen it like hung in the studio and you guys have seen wow. some of the stuff on display and I was like Great. wow beautiful I did these you know mm-hmm. and that was the moment for me I was like I, I didn't I didn't realize how impactful that would be to see it like face to face I love that mm-hmm. yeah. um, one more question what advice would you give up-and-coming photographers up-and-coming photographers if well I would say find a mentor a real mentor, because um, it gets creepy out there in the photography. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if you're, a, if you're a woman photographer, find a legitimate um, mentor. Um, and I would say if you're serious about your business, um, do your own work, research when it comes to YouTube, look into contracts, um, look into protecting yourself, um, because a lot of people out here will try to take advantage. In my earlier years, people definitely tried to take advantage of me, and I was like, ha this contract, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, definitely be, in, uh, be, be secure in your worth when it comes to what you want to make, because I don't care if you want to say, my, my service costs a million dollars. That's my services. You know, mm-hmm. don't let anyone else tell you that you shouldn't be doing something that you want to do. So I would, that's my advice. That's cool. Mm-hmm. cool. I, I do have one uh, final question. Um, so you had mentioned earlier, you know, the you know some of the business aspect not being the sexy part of mm-hmm. doing the thing, right? Um, what is the the sexy part of the business for you? Making the money, man. No. <laughs> oh. Where does it reside? <laughs> okay. It resides in my pocket. No. <laughs> 
Uh, I would say the sexy part is the actual shoot day. Um, I started off as a portrait photographer, so it was really fun, you know, being outside in the golden hour um, when the sun is just setting and the light hits so right. And you can see, you can see what the client can't see, so you get excited behind the camera, just right. catching catching those magical moments. Or what I do now when it comes to the product photography, I tell a story with the with the products that I'm doing, and um, they're not typical, just random images. And so just kind of getting the um, the reaction from the clients like, oh my God, I never knew my product could look so good. Kind of creating those uh, those feelings of emotion is really cool. Okay. So that's no. the sexy part for me. Wonderful. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Fire. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Y'all, it's Women's Month. Make sure you are supporting a woman-owned business. It yeah. matters. A black-owned business. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that's so amazing. We really appreciate you sharing all of your expertise oh, and like you. a little insight into your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really fire. Um, but Women's Month is just beginning, y'all. Absolutely. And we have another segment for you. Oh, wait. Yep. I just heard also. Sorry to interrupt. Um, my mentor, he to- <laughs> my mentor <laughs> told me that if you're, on, if you're a business and you're on Google, mm-hmm. um, register a black heart to show that you're a black-owned business. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I was like, oh, I need to do that now so that um, people can find you. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you can go into your settings. And uh, I think it's uh, you say that you are you identify as a black-owned business because I already have one that identifies as a woman-owned business. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. That's right. Hey, y'all. Pink mm-hmm. game. Thank you for that. That's the mm-hmm. non-sexy part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Making that note for later. You know? Thank you. Um, so, uh, Warren mentioned we have one more segment. Yes. Uh, it is Women's Month. Hello. Uh, and I think this this next topic is kind of going to, you know, bring everything together. <laughs> um, this uh, is a woman that um, she, she has an OnlyFans page. Yes. And um, Sex work is real work. All day. Um, and, uh, she makes like, I think it, the article said like $150,000 a month or something like that. Sex work is better work. God you know damn. what I'm saying? Like, hello. Um, but anyway, uh, she has three, three sons, right? Um, sex work. Uh, and, uh, but you know, because she, <laughs> it, those three sons go to Catholic school as a, as a, uh, product of Catholic school, um, Holy Angels all day, say Rita, Mustang, you know what it is. Um, <laughs> gang gang. <laughs> it uh, it does cost that pretty penny, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so because a lot of them are like private schools, all of them are private schools. Oh, amen. Yeah, because you know separation church and state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so government plan having public schools. If you want to t- say anything about you know um, religion, the, then Lord, it's, the Lord our Father. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then it's it's private and it's gonna cost. <laughs> you. Um, so uh, you know, this woman with her her three sons um, got them expelled. She didn't get them expelled, but her page. Got them expelled because um, the private school, you know, saw it and kind of, you know, reached out. I was like, hey, this is unbecoming of, um, you know, somebody that uh, has such and such. And, you know, there's different, you know, rules and regu- regulations, etc. cetera. And um, so those three sons are going somewhere else now. Who, who was being a hypocrite? Somebody was watching that, so. Who Hello. <laughs> Hello. Well, I mean, that part, though, for real. So, I mean, the thing is, you know, some ki- if... We were like, yo, man, what is your, if, you know, kids are talking to each other. They talk to each other all the time. Like, hey, man, what do you, you know, what's your mom? Oh, yeah, she works on the internet. They're like, oh, your mom works on the internet? Oh. Mrs. Johnson? Is this your mom? So it could have been like a kid's discovery thing. Mm-hmm. And then other parents might have like had like a conversation mm-hmm. about it with the school or yeah. something like that. No, what I know about Catholics and uh, the priest and their lack of wanting to use contraceptive. Somebody was watching her OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. You're nasty. And, and it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. This is what I don't like. 
religious organizations or like I'm not a fan of organized religion because of the kind of like control they try to exert over people. And I feel like for centuries, people have been trying to control women's bodies. And a lot of them do it through like religious means, like anti-abortion, this and that. It goes against this, da, 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 you know. Stop trying to police and control women's bodies. If you're a sex worker, that's real work. And a lot of people appreciate your sacrifice. And everybody can't do it. A lot of people appreciate that shit. People are watching it. They need it. People need a release. And I feel like sex is just too taboo in America, personally. But for you to try to shame this woman and then expel her children because, like, what she does for work isn't becoming, go to hell. Go to hell. It makes me mad. Child, as much money as she making, she fuck school. Shit, I ain't going back to school. My mama, my mama made more money than shit I've ever made with this little <laughs> diploma. Cut this diploma. Uh, you have any any thoughts on the? Uh... Uh, no, I mean I agree wholeheartedly. It's 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 ridiculous. I mean it's one thing you know for you know the racism to get you fired, mm. but it's like if this has nothing to, it's like you know you getting fired for having a crazy Instagram, and then your boss sees it and it's like, well, you know, as a representative of this company, it's like, why are you on my private Instagram? Hello. This has nothing to do with what I do from nine to five Monday through Wednesday, Monday through Monday Wednesday, Monday through Friday. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, okay. but yeah, it's like if I'm not showing up naked at the PTA meetings, then mind your business. Yeah, it's like my I you can have an anonymity. Don't tell mm. people that I'm messing with the mic. Don't pe- don't tell people that my kids go to your school. Like yeah. you you told me you sh- you showed me to the world. I'm going to um, have a different of opinion than everybody else. Uh, you know, which is you know it happens. Um, <laughs> so yes. Uh, sexuality, you know, too taboo in the U.S. Uh, yes, um, women sex workers are, you know, workers also, um, etc. All the things. The my only kind of gripe in the whole situation is that you know it's a private school, mm-hmm. um, so you know if it was like a public school or something like that, and you know everybody's kids go to you know if you don't pay for school then your kids have to go to a public school mm-hmm. you know what I mean or if you're homeschooling or something like that um, but you can choose not to have them go to public school and take them somewhere else mm-hmm. go to private school all the private schools have a code of conduct in the handbook um, and you know because it is private I feel like you know their interpretation of whatever the code of conduct is mm-hmm. whether it be you know um, you know, sex workers or whether it be, you know, drug dealers, if they don't want, you know, drug dealers doing, um, you know, paying for tuition with, you know, drug money for, mm-hmm. you know, whatever reason, whatever their beliefs are, mm-hmm. I think, you know, as a private school with their own, like, you know, rules and regulations, etc. Um, I don't know that I agree with it. I just understand how it occurred. Yeah, I understand that it's hypocritical because y'all pay lots of money to cover up all the things that priests do to little boys. That's an old fact. There's a lot of hypocrisy in organized religion, and that is what makes me mad. And also, did y'all think about these kids? Mm-hmm. Like, because now you're, like, putting some kind of shame on the children. Like, y'all got to get out because your mama nasty. Mm-hmm. Y'all can't go here because what your mama do is unacceptable. Like, in my personal opinion, like, that's not your place. Like, you're there to educate. Here's the fucking money. You didn't ask me what I did when you start taking my money. That's true. That's the part. If you really got such a straight code of conduct, why ain't there no screening? What do you do for a living? How are you paying us? What is that? Blah blah blah. But that is then, that is that does happen though. There is like an interview process in a mm-hmm. lot of private schools and Catholic schools where they um, kind of discuss like you know they interview the child, they interview the parents, and mm-hmm. it's like a whole mm-hmm. situation. And y'all, and y'all let them insight. in. And y'all let them in. That's my thing. And you let her three kids go to the school. 
and then you find out what she did for a living and you kick them out. I just feel like it's hypocritical, but you know. Shout out to you, girl. 150K? A month? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm gonna start one just to see what I can do. See if I can just get a little change. I started one for a couple days. Just a little change. I started one for a couple days. I didn't get no tips, so I had kind of dis- dis- deactivated. Well, I hit it. Just to lie there. You hide my pain. You know. It's in a vault. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so that's it. Dang. So um so hey Nadia, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciated your time and all your, your gems and everything that you brought um brought to us. So oh, yes, thank, thank you so much. You're now, welcome. Now you know we cannot end the episode. Without going to let it burn. I got you. You give okay. me a second. Can I get there? Yeah. You know yeah, yeah. Uh, go, go so, ahead. So now it's time for uh, let it burn. No, it's not. It's not. We gotta do white shit. What do you want from me, man? Things that white people do. Because white people be doing a lot of shit. They be doing stuff. I don't know if you know any white people or yes. see them in action as they're doing stuff, but they be doing stuff, bro. So, uh, for this white shit. Talk to me. We talked about this a little off camera. Let's talk about the first time we truly experienced racism. Because I know we were talking about that a little bit. Uh, you want to kick it off? Yes. Okay. I had to have been about, um, I guess, 18 or 19. Mm. I was working, you know, at a high school. Um, and I was working in a warehouse with my aunt uh, just to make some quick cash, mm. you know. And, a, you know, the warehouse is hot. You stand right. up all day, eight hours a day. You only get like 15-minute breaks and half-an-hour breaks. And so in the back, we're all standing up, you know, packing boxes. And in the front is like where the air conditioner is. You know, they're like running machines to do paper. And this white woman, she comes to the back to my aunt to say, I need help, you know. And uh, she didn't want, it was mostly like black and Hispanics. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she didn't want any Hispanics. She was like, I need someone to speak English. And I was like, they all Mm, speak English, (laughs) you know. And so my aunt was like, yeah, my, my niece can come help you. So I was like, all right, cool, I'll go. And I was like, oh, it's air up here? <laughs> air, because this is summertime. It was hot. Um, and so she was like, here, you sit right here. I was like, oh, I can sit down. You know, so she gave me a stool. She showed me how to run the machine. And I did it for like maybe 10 minutes. And then she disappeared and I have no idea where she went. 10 minutes later, my name is called on the intercom. And I get called to the front office. And I'm just like, all right, what did I do? Get there. The manager's like, Nadia, um... Such and such said that you were sleeping on the job. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, sleeping? That's what do you so... mean? And and she was like, yeah, were you asleep? Like, you, you're supposed to be working. And like, she was interrogating me. And I was like, I was a wide awake. Like, I have so many witnesses. Oh, yeah. You know, and my aunt came bursting in the room. And she was like, cause like, Whoa, where the hell is it? How, how dare she? And they had to like drag her out. I, I thought she was going to, you know, beat mm. her up. But I was just like, I don't understand. Like, I don't. Someone why did she lie? The, the, the white, yeah, the white woman. The, the white one lied on you and said that she, she disappeared. Sleeping. The one that saw you working. Yes, she disappeared. She told me what to do. She disappeared. Told the manager that I was like no. <laughs> Sometimes I get squinty eyes. Like, you know, mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that she did that. I just she just didn't like me. You know, yeah. she's racist. Oh, and fair. like it was years later, I was like, she tried to get me fired for no reason. Yeah, and like, a child. yes, she came and asked for help. Got the help, and then she cut herself. She cut herself down at her knees, and was like, "Oh well, let me get her fired." I'm mm-hmm. like, "Who's gonna help you?" You know. So that was the first time I really experienced it. And I was like, "Wow, I really didn't do anything but be black and help." You oh, know. Wow. Mm. So yeah. That's trash. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Wherever you are, fuck you. Um, so <laughs> my first time experience like real racism. So I grew up in Atlanta, 
people know that um, from my perspective, I've grown up mostly around black people my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't like a lot of room for racism because uh, I ain't really knew that many white people. And I remember um, when I got into Georgia Southern, down to Statesboro, my parents were driving me down there and um, we stopped at the gas station. And it wasn't like name brand, y'all. One BP, Emico. It was like Uncle Bob. It was just some shit. This is like a small like town back in 2006. It's much bigger now. Um, and I remember my dad got out of the pump gas. My mom was like, oh, go get us some water. So I went into the store and I'm just like minding my business and I'm trying to get water. And um, I hear behind me, what you doing, boy? You need some help? And I was, and I, and I, because I'm not looking at you, I'm like, you ain't talking to me. So I'm just over there and he said, boy, you heard me. You need some help. And so then I kind of looked over my shoulder and it was the man, the attendant. And I was like, do I need help? And he was like, boy, do you need something? Boy, three times. Three times. And all I can remember was my granddad who, you know, rest his soul, he was like a great historian, but he used to tell stories about like what it meant when they called you boy, how he felt mm -hmm. drinking out of like colored water fountains. Mm -hmm. You know, these were the experiences he grew up with. So I knew from him like what that was, but I didn't think in 2006 that would ever happen to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I just put the water down and I walked out. I got in the car. My mom was like, run into the water. I said, we're not thirsty. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And I, never, I didn't even tell my parents what happened. It was, wow. I, it was so jarring. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and sense. I remember they dropped me off. Like I sat in my room and then I cried. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I had set my uh, um, my dad's 70 almost 72 now mm -hmm. um, I set him up with an email some years ago mm -hmm. I'm like hey dad what you want your, your, your uh, um, email address to be he's like boy dot who dot jw some 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 and then I'm like this don't make no damn sense what kind of is this are you okay do I need to get you tested what's going on but then it took me like some years to realize that you know and his perspective was that it's boy who Kind of uh, at whatever right, gmail.com right, right. or something like that, you know. Um, so that just kind of you know yes. things like that. Um, and I, you know, who knows what kind of right experiences he yeah. had. Right, exactly. But mm -hmm. um, wow, that's amazing. Um, am I? Do I go now? Yes. So first time we experienced racism. Mm -hmm. So you know, living in Chicago, it's it's pretty segregated up there. Um, you know, so I was on the black south side of town. So you know. Um, then when I, when I came down to um, Albany, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. When I came to Albany, you know, uh, you know, in the house, don't know as many people. I'm like, oh man, I just got this bike. I'm gonna start riding my bike, you know, just around the neighborhood, just you know, different places. As a kid does, mm -hmm. I was 15, 16 years old, somewhere around there. Um, bike game strong, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I had, um, I was in like like this apartment. Like, it could have been apartments, I guess. So, maybe, like, condos or townhomes. It was a townhome-like situation. And I was just, you know, riding my bike in, like, a little area. Um, you know, I was in the front, and then I was, it was, like, a little back area, but it had, like, a sidewalk where, you know, everybody's, like, houses were, like, shared, but you could, like, just ride down mm -hmm. the sidewalk, you know, depending on whichever house you were going to. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then this white guy came out. He was like, hey, hey, hey! This here is private property. Like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, and I just, I was like, you know, go ahead right. and get out, and I just, you know, rode home, and I was like, as I was riding home, I was like, wait a minute, I ain't know I ain't live there. Mm. That far, you know, it was, it wasn't like a small community. Right. It was like thirty, like maybe like 30, 50 houses mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, but when I thought about that, I was like, hold on, there, no, there's no, how did he? Is there? It was not like I was doing. I was just riding a bike going from here to there. It was just that him, him thinking that he could exercise that power to be like, hey, get out of here, you know, you know, you know, get out of here, you know, for 
whatever reason, just because, you know, I was black, he was white, and mm-hmm. he could, and, you know, we're in Albany, Georgia. Right. The same city that uh, arrested Dr. Martin Luther King back in the day. So, um, you know, that was the one of the most, um, you know, poignant times I remember. So, yeah. That's real. White people cut that shit out. It ain't cute, and I'll be able to get you fucked up. You read about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know white dude got punched outside that, uh, that, that Popeye's? When the whole spicy chicken sandwich? Oh, no. Yes. You seen that, right? Yes. <laughs> I saw that one dude that got punched in that gas station because he kept using the N-word. Oh, I saw that one, too. Yeah. Oh, when he got hit with the damn yeah, that, uh, like, the when, bottle. When you see black people pick up an object and start, like, ninja moving it, be careful. He was like, say it again. Don't say it again. People, that's not. Yeah, flipped it. He was like this. <laughs> and he smited him. He didn't hit him. He was smoked. Like, yeah. I ain't never seen nobody get smoked. smited. Yeah. He smoked that nigga. And so I'm like, you know what, you just, we are not our ancestors. Yeah. You know, we have bail money. So I just, <laughs> we're not just going to sit in jail. We beat your ass and get out. Okay? <laughs> Believe that. Okay, it's COVID too. They're not locking niggas up. They really not. No, no. It's just, it's a free for all right now. It is. Salt. Man, like, please go. We'll see you at the court date because we don't have time. Oh um, yeah. So yeah, that was the white shit, guys. Yes. Um, you know, if you got any thoughts about, you know, any uh, memories about your first time experiencing racism, you know, feel free to jo- um, send them to us. And, you know, maybe we'll read them on the air or something like that, or or maybe we won't. And we'll just cherish them knowing that you were trying to connect with us. Solidarity. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, with that being said, yes. it's all now time for our last segment of the day. Are you okay? You're, you're I'm ready? good, yeah. Anything else you want to say? I don't know. Because once we get here, we can't go back. Uh, let it burn. Yes. Let it burn time. Uh, Warren, you know what you're letting burn? Yes, I do. Wonderful. Uh, Nada, you know what you're letting burn? Mm-hmm. All right, what, what you got going on? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am letting burn. Um, this is uh, social media uh, related. For, I don't know if they're bots or just, you know, people that own businesses, but if you comment on one of my images and say DM me, I'm not going to. I'm letting that burn. I was like, what is that? It's like, if I, if you want to talk to me, message me. Period. I, it's, I get it all the time. It's like, DM me real quick. No. DM me, <laughs> DM, me, DM me on some business information. I want to work with you. No. <laughs> so quit doing that, please. <laughs> yeah. Period. <laughs> Into the ashes. It's so strange. Oh, my, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So last week I let burn silence. Yes. That worked pretty well. I've been um, not only talking to myself, but talking to others. And, you know, so that's been um, beneficial. I had, you know, mentioned I uh, uh, was able to address, you know, some feelings with the the set drama, et cetera. Um, But so so this week I'm letting burn kind of in action, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Today, you know, you guys came here, you know, everything is kind of set up nice. But before, like, you know, two or three hours before you guys got here, everything was kind of like everywhere. And not for any particular reason besides, you know, the, the Panasonic, okay. uh, as you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, but, you know, I think the, you know, everybody's at home. Everybody's, like, on social media, you know, doing the things and seeing everybody, you know, having these uh, just, you know, um, not the best feelings mm-hmm. is being projected on social media as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all that stuff is, you know, contagious a little bit, right? So, uh, I'm letting burn... Um, the uh, uh oh in action yeah thank you I almost forgot it <laughs> and it's gone um guys what I'm letting burn this week is um I thought I 
hit sin on that text ass nigga. <laughs> Let me talk to you niggas. What? I thought I hit sin. 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 I thought he was trying to get to know a nigga. But now I think I'm gonna have to fuck a new nigga. Like, I am so tired of I thought I hit sin on that text ass nigga. Niggas, look, we're all busy. We all have stuff going on. We all whatever. If you are communicating with someone, and especially if y'all have made plans or like y'all supposed to be getting up or whatever, and you don't hear back from them. Like if I text you and then you, I thought I hit sin, and then you hear from me for for hours, nigga, check your phone. Like two hours or? It, it's actually ridiculous. Like if we're in a conversation and I thought I hit sin, you need to do better. Okay, it's it's really ridiculous. Grow up, and that's where I'm at. Grow up. Mm-hmm. I'm letting it burn. There's no excuse. We need to just communicate better. Communication is key. It's how we all get stuff done. Clear and effective communication. What he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To the ashes. <laughs> um, yes, so that was another episode of the Audacity Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. Shout out again to our special guest, Nadia. Nadia. Uh, Nadia, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Nadia Anachi Photo. And like I said, my website is NadiaAnachi.com. And if you want to email me, that's hello at NadiaAnachi.com. Oh, yeah, which y'all do want to email her because she's fucking amazing. <laughs> She will elevate your brand. She will really, like, bring your concept to life. She's amazing. Make sure y'all check her out. It's Women's Month. Support a woman-owned business. Absolutely. Especially yes. black women. Uh, but don't tell her you're about to DM her. Just do it. Yeah, just, okay. do it. just Just email her, actually. Just be professional. <laughs> Whichever one. Um, but uh, with all that being said, um, thank you guys. And until the future. Bye.